Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Today we're talking about the second of the three presidential debates with Bill Crystal, the editor and publisher of the Weekly Standard. So, Bill, who won last night? That is the question I've heard debated already in the hours after the debate. You know, I think actually it was uh, a draw, and I think we go to the third debate Monday night on foreign policy as the sort of decisive debate. Um, you know, I maybe give Obama a tiny edge on points. I'm not even sure why exactly, except that Romney's so flubbed what was supposed to be the only foreign policy question, but in a way the most newsy of question about the most newsy event, which was Libya. Um, and we can come back to talk about that. I think it was revealing the, 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 the mistake he made in the way in which he attacked Obama on that, and that has me worried about Monday night's foreign policy debate. Having said that, Romney was strong on the economy, strong on what he would do over the next four years, and Obama did not answer what was his, what's been his fundamental weakness all along. Maybe they can paper over the paper over this weakness and get to 50.1 percent by just attacking Romney. But his fundamental weakness all along has been, what are you going to do over the next four years? What is your plan? And he said almost nothing about that. Uh, Bill Crystal, one of the challenges for President Obama is that having a good d- debate uh, performance, and I think he actually won last night, is doesn't help if you get stepped on by the press, and in particular by your own press. And that exchange on Libya you just mentioned is dominating the post-news cycle, at least in the hours immediately after the debate. Where is President Obama on Libya, and do you think that this is an issue that moves voters where it counts? Yeah, on the press, I mean, you know, 50 million people or so, 60 million maybe watched it, so, I mean, there's a fair number of people just watching it and making up their minds, and I think, you know, he he was certainly better than he was the first debate, so he's going to he probably arrested his slide in the polls without reversing it, is my sense. So I agree. So Libya is the issue of going forward, partly because it's a real issue, partly because there's still a lot of controversy and confusion about it, uh, partly because there's a foreign policy debate Monday night where presumably Libya will lead it off and, and be one of the dominant issues. For me, the issue, it's a, it is a scandal and a disgrace. The administration should be held accountable both for the lack of security and for what happened afterwards. They're connected, in my mind, to the underlying uh, theory of this administration about how to deal with the Middle East, which is don't offend anyone, don't send Marines in because it's going to look like a heavy-handed militaristic U.S., don't uh, um, call it an act of terror because that looks alarmist, blame it a, a video made by some, you know, uh, you know, nuts here in the U.S. or just opportunists here in the U.S. as if that's the cause of Muslim unhappiness and rage at the U.S. I mean, it, it can be tied together coherently as an indictment of Obama's foreign policy, in my opinion. I think Romney tried to kind of find a little a gimmicky way to do it. You know, he wanted to say, you went to Las Vegas the morning after an American ambassador was killed. Now, that, that may be a legitimate criticism. Maybe it was inappropriate of the president. On the other hand, he went to the Rose Garden. He made a solemn statement. He, two days later, he, of course, he and Secretary Clinton, you know, greeted the caskets. I, I just think all that style stuff, and you went here then and said this word here or not, is, is actually, get, you get into a kind of gotcha game in which you end up, maybe at best, nicking the incumbent president. But you've got to make the bigger critique, the bigger point. And I thought Romney did that okay. Actually, when he finally got around to that, he, he began to do that. But he was so concerned to do a kind of gotcha on it instead of making the bigger argument that I think he missed an opportunity. But Bill Crystal, there was a, the opportunity for Mitt Romney to f- address it up front. He chose to concede, well, maybe you didn't know what was going on. And then he tried to turn that concession into a, as you just said, kind of a stunt, kind of a clever, too clever by half approach. Why not simply stand up and say, Mr. President, why did you spend two weeks talking about a video that the State Department knew from the first day and you knew reportedly from at least the second day had nothing to do with the attack? Why not the straight up attack that you would have, say, if Bill Crystal were opposite, you know, Bill Press at CNN? 
Yeah, I, I totally agree about that, but I, I, I agree with you that those tend to work better. What happens is you get a lot of campaign consultants in the room. They're clever people. They're used to doing kind of gotcha TV mm-hmm. ads, and they always think the gotcha cleverness is better than the straightforward critique. And the straightforward critique is what you said. It's for two weeks afterwards, and well, they had certain policies before, and then afterwards, his own administration was in utter disarray, saying things, senior officials going out and saying things uh, that weren't the case, including the president himself at the U.N., even two weeks later, and just make that point. Say, what were you doing? What kind of leadership is this? Misleading your own people, uh, take, taking attention away from what was really happening there uh, in, in Benghazi. Um, this is a failure of leadership on your part, Mr. President. That's the sentence you want, isn't it? That's a, not the complicated, you flew to Las Vegas the day after the attack. <laughs> so I do think they, these candidates can get a little distracted. They all want the, the kind of memorable little line. And it, sometimes it's better just to be straightforward and level the critique. I think he very much has to do that next Monday. And again, I would come back. He also has to have the substance of his own alternatives down well. I mean, this is a forward-looking Electorates are about elections are about the future as much or I think more than about the past. And people could be very wary and queasy about Obama's foreign policy, but they also need to be persuaded that Mitt Romney is competent and confident and has a different way forward. And he needs to lay that out kind of calmly and persuasively, I think. It pains me to say this because, you know, I feel affection towards you, Bill, but you have been uh, accused and found guilty of practicing punditry in the past. And the pundits completely got the debate wrong from a standpoint of the level of conflict we would see him. And I was, we were one step away from Romney climbing up on the cage and jumping down on President Obama with a chair last night. And I want to ask you the question, from here forward, are these two men different men because of what people saw last night? It certainly was the case after the first debate. Mitt Romney was a very different man in the public perception. Are they different men today? That's a good question. I mean, I would say on the pundit thing, you know, I, when we, I said, I think a day or two before the debate somewhere, that I actually thought it would be very combative, only because all the pundits were saying, oh, you can't be combative in <laughs> a town hall format, I mean, which is just childish. I mean, what, these guys can't get up on, take the question from the from the questioner, be polite to him for eight seconds. And yeah, then but go giving the president the hand, he gave the president of the United States the hand, Bill Crystal. Yeah, it's a simple, but look, so I think they're both tough. Look, these are two men who are pretty tough, I would say. Uh, they don't like each other, and I think they know they're in a very, very close election, and they're willing to really stick it to the other guy. I don't see why that will change, and um, I wouldn't expect either of them to change on Monday night, which means Romney is going to be in a very tough fight on foreign policy. Obama will be totally ruthless. He will demagogue. Every time Romney seems to indicate he wants to be tougher, which we should be, he will say, you want to get us into another war? Every time Romney says something, well, look, on this particular issue, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure there's that much the difference between us going forward, he'll say, see, you don't have an alternative. I mean, Obama has an easier rhetorical task, I would say, than Romney, but Romney has the facts on his side. Are we safer than we were four years ago? Is the Middle East in better shape? Are we really, uh, have we done the right things in different parts of the world? Is the Russia reset working? I mean, Romney needs, I think Romney wins on substance. Obama, though, if it becomes a stylistic gotcha, tit-for-tat, uh, Obama could could do pretty well at that. One last uh, question. I want to run the Michael Graham theory of the debate, which is I think President Obama uh, is perceived widely as a person who really doesn't have answers for how things are going to get better. He certainly hopes they'll get better, and he has hope for all of us. But as has been demonstrated in debates, and I think the public has an attitude that he's not really sure what to do. And I think one of the things that Romney's done very well is presented himself as the answer man. Every question that's been presented to him, he had an answer that seemed to make sense, that seemed to hang together, that seemed to offer some glimmer of how this might work in the future. If that stands as 
Obama hoping the future get better, but not really having an answer for why it will. And Mitt Romney is the answer man. Isn't that a very difficult spot for an incumbent to be in with the economy and foreign policy the way it's at? Yes, I think that is a very good way of putting it. I hope uh, Governor Romney is listening to this right now, because I hope he he um, he decides he has to be the answer man. And what that would imply, though, and this is slightly contrary to a lot of the conservative, you know, mm. you know, commentary advice to Romney is, of course, criticize Obama, of course, point out the flaws of his policy, but you do need to persuade people that you have a better alternative. You could convince a lot of people that Obama's made mistakes and the world's a mess, and a lot of voters could decide, you know what, it's a very tough world out there. They all make mistakes. Bush made mistakes. I don't know. It seems like, you know, it's going to get worse probably a little bit on no matter who's president, and maybe safer with a guy we know than, than a new guy without foreign policy experience. Romney has to have not simple-minded or, you know, or, or falsely easy solutions to the problems of the world, but a path ahead that looks more promising than Obama's. I, I very much agree with that. Uh, well, I assume that Mitt Romney's listening after all the kind things you and I said about him during the primary season, Bill Crystal. He's uh, not a thin-skinned guy. He forgives <laughs> easily, you know, so you'll be, I mean, I would expect January 22nd, 23rd, one of the first very private, intimate media lunches he has. <laughs> You'll be there, and I want you to tell me about it, because I won't be calling. Well, uh, given that I live within driving distance of Eric Fernstrom's house, and I keep finding dead mammals on my front steps, <laughs> so I'm not sure this can work out. He's Bill Crystal. I'm Michael Graham. You're listening to the podcast here at weeklystandard.com. Please keep checking weeklystandard.com for future podcasts.